Welcome to the Grace Fellowship Church of Ephrata podcast. Our desire is to help you grow in your journey with Jesus, no matter where you are. For more information, please check out our website at www.gfchurch.net. So uh, we're going to get into our series again today. We're actually going to wrap up this week. Uh, and uh, I hope that this has been life-giving to you, that you've been able to spend some time in Philippians. Um, and, uh, you know, I, I, I haven't really spent a lot of time talking about this first word on the screen right here, joy. And yet it's the theme. 16 times it's in this book. Joy, 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 joy. And as I pointed out at the very beginning of this, Paul is sitting in prison, chained to guards as he's writing, hey, let's be joyful. Really? You think about that. And then he's writing to people that are being persecuted. And this is the theme of the book of Philippians is that joy no matter what. Joy in the midst of difficulty. Now, uh, several years ago, probably almost like 10, which really makes me feel old, a movie came out called Inside Out by Pixar. I don't know if you've seen this or not. I'm not going to give away any spoilers, but Pixar made this wonderful film called Inside Out, and it's dealing with a little girl named Riley, and inside, most of the time, uh, the story is following her emotions, and one of her emotions is joy. And joy is just happy all the time. I mean super caffeinated, bouncing off the walls, always wants every moment to be a good moment, no bad stuff in this life, Uh, 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 uh-uh-uh-uh. In fact, one of the other characters, sadness, she tries to get rid of because, oh, no, we've got to be joyful. We can't have sadness. And it's a wonderful movie, and it's one of those movies that when you, you see it, you're like, is this really for kids? I mean, they enjoy it, but this is more for adults. There's definitely some deeper themes there for adults for us to learn about joy and sadness. And joy is just bouncing off the walls happy. And, and sometimes when we think joy, that's what we think. We think that it's all about just being happy and bouncing off the walls and never, ever have a bad day and optimistic and all that. And yet we're going to see today that's not the case. It was interesting because I was reading about this movie. Um, They actually hired a psychologist, actually a couple psychologists, that would help them as they created these characters that it was true to what psychologists have seen and determined for people when it comes to the emotions of joy and anger and sadness. And uh, one of the consultants uh, for this movie said that all of us have different display rules when it comes to joy. These are the unspoken guidelines about how much emotion will actually express. All of us have different display rules. Some of us, you know, uh, when you find out that pumpkin spice is back at Wawa, like, we know it because you cannot hide it. It's just out there. It's everywhere. But there's others of us that, I mean, we could have won $1 million and and we wouldn't even know it because your display rules is, I got to keep it together. I got to hold the cards close to the vest. All of us have different display rules. Some of us express emotion a little bit easier than others. One of my favorite writers is a guy named John Ortberg. I've used him in the past. And John talked about this when it came to the idea of joy. John said, God has only one display rule bring your whole self to him, your sadness, your disappointment, your anger. In other words, bring your real self to him, be authentic. Remember, we are not our feelings. We have feelings, but our feelings don't have us. God has us. We can come to him and be authentic, honest, real. We talked about that several months ago when we had a series on prayer that I encouraged us to pray authentically, to not hold back. God can take it. 
He wants to hear and wants you to be real with him. So I ask you, as before we get into the text here, when you think of joy, I want you to think about this. Do you think of an emotion or do you think of a choice? Do you think of an emotion, joy, happy, 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 or do you think of it's a willing choice that you must make and that individuals must make? And I also ask you this follow-up. How do you express joy? What are your display rules? Do you hide it? Can't let people know I'm enjoying this a little too much. You know, worship's a little happening today. The, my display rule is, is I just move the toe like that. Oh, yeah, no one can see it. No one's looking under the pew to see if I'm stomping my toe. Can't do anything other than that. What are your display rules for joy? I think the younger generation can learn about how to express joy and how they watch us. And it's important for us, especially those of us who, who have walked with Jesus a long time, to show them it's okay to express joy. So today, we're going to look at, look at Philippians chapter 4. We're going to look at verses 4 through 7. As I did last week, I'm going to encourage you this week to read through Philippians 4, not just once, not just twice. I want to encourage you to at least read this chapter three times this week. Take notes, write things down, underline, highlight, do whatever. If you use it digital, you can highlight on digital. My digital Bible, I got a whole bunch of verses uh, highlighted on that. Whatever it is, read through it and see what God does in you and how he challenges you and helps you to see it in a way that maybe you were not seeing it even a day or two before. So, as we look at Philippians chapter 4, remind, remember the context. Paul in prison, chained to guards. Philippi is undergoing persecution at this time. Of course, knowing that Philippi is going through persecution, we start at verse 4, and he acknowledges the obvious of them being in persecution. says, rejoice in the Lord, always. Again, I will say rejoice. Excuse me? When we have a person going through a hard time, a difficulty, sometimes it seems tone deaf. If I go up to that person who's dealing with just great heaviness, and I'm like, rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I say rejoice. If you are going through a hard time and somebody comes up to you and says that that way, what do you want to do to them? Go ahead. Confess your sin. Exactly. A hard time. You want to love them in Jezus' name. Uh, uh, It's offensive. It's offensive to us. And this is why this is so shocking, because Paul, in this context, is dealing with this. He is undergoing it himself. He's been undergoing it himself. Difficulty, prison, guards. And now Philippi is saying, rejoice, rejoice, have joy. You know, Babylon Bee is a website that is my favorite satire site. And I had this one a few months ago. Hopefully this doesn't offend any of you uh, if you have this in your house. Here we go. Uh, Next picture. There it is. Live, laugh, love sign discovered in Paul the Apostle's prison cell. And maybe that's why he was so able to say rejoice again in the Lord. I say rejoice. You know, he had live, laugh, love up there. Uh, You know, sometimes we can say this verse very rotely. Well, let's just rejoice. Really? Yes. Yes, but let's take this apart. If we go back to the verse, rejoice in the Lord. That is the only way I can find the ability to rejoice when things are horrible, when things are gut-wrenchingly difficult, when things are not going my way. Rejoice in the Lord. That's the only way. Rejoicing is important for us when things are going counter to rejoicing. 
when I don't get the homeroom teacher that I wanted, when I don't get the schedule at college that I wanted, when I don't get the job that I really wanted or the promotion that I really wanted, when things are going horrible, my kids are not walking with the Lord, they want nothing to do with it when they're making decisions on their own, when my spouse is not on the same page with me, rejoice. A willful decision to know that God is in control of the situation. Joy is about recognizing and my will to choose that I will not be defeated by this, that I will find the goodness of God in the midst of this, even though it's horrible. I've told this story before, but um, when we were in Connecticut, we were having a rough morning. Kids were just a handful. I mean, they're screaming, they're fighting, it's breakfast time, I'm throwing together their breakfast and I never forget, I was doing eggs and bacon that morning, which is how you make things right with the world. And, and, and I'm, I, I'm just, I'm frustrated with them. And I pull out this carton of eggs, and I open it up, and it must have been one of the Aldi brands or something. But I open it up, and it's one of those Christian egg companies, you know, which I didn't need that morning. Because right there in front of me, as I was getting the eggs, said, this is the day that the Lord has made. And I wanted to get some eggs and start chucking them against the wall because I was that frustrated with it. And yet, it was in that moment that I had to chuckle. That was no coincidence. That was a God moment. That I had to be reminded to rejoice even though it was a bad morning with my kids. I had to willfully choose that despite how they were or how I was feeling, that I would choose to know God was in control and to trust him even if it was hard. And notice that Paul says, rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I say rejoice. It's like he wants to drive the point home. And maybe the reason he wanted to drive the point home is because joy is supposed to be a characteristic of the Christian. It's one of the fruit of the Spirit. The fruit of the Spirit is love. Yeah, exactly. It's the second one. It's right there. It's supposed to be what we're known for. And somewhere over Christian history, especially in the Middle Ages, What became, uh, joy sort of got cast to the side, and Christians became more known for being somber and reverent. We don't really chuckle because that's not holy. We can't express joy and happiness. And we miss something. We repress something when we don't express joy. Might I say we repress the spirit when I choose to be controlled and don't have display rules that show I'm too happy about this. Um, one of the commentaries I've really been appreciating recently is, uh, I had this in it this past week when I was reading, joy unmitigated, untrammeled joy is the distinctive mark of the believer in Christ Jesus. The wearing of black and the long face which came so often to typify some later expressions of Christian piety are totally foreign to Paul's version. Paul didn't believe that we must be careful not to express too much joy with music or that God answered a prayer request. We have to keep it all under control because that's not holy. That is not Paul's version of joy. Paul chose to rejoice, and he says it again I say rejoice. Which brings us to this question for you and for me. Are we as Christians, are we as Grace Fellowship Church, known for joyful worship, joyful service, joyful giving? That's a command. Joyful outreach to our neighbors in our town. Joyful suffering. 
joyful weakness and joyful disappointment. Are we known for that? And if so, how is that being displayed? How are we showing that? Verse 5 goes on. It says this. I could end right there, honestly. I could, but I'm not going to. Verse 5 says this. Let your reasonableness be known to everyone. The Lord is at hand. Let your reasonableness, that word there in the Greek, reasonableness, can also be interpreted gentleness. Maybe your version has that, or gentle spirit, some versions have. Let your gentleness be known to everyone. Let everyone be able to know, not only are you joyful, but you're gentle. The Lord is at hand. He's again saying, let your reasonableness be known to everyone. Yes, Philippi, even your oppressors. Those that are keeping you down, let your joy be known. Let your gentleness be known. Now, I know that as a good American, we love a good argument. Uh, we argue ever, everything from pumpkin spices I mentioned earlier to what football team is the best to theological issues. We love to argue. And we love to get into it and we dig into it. And I hate to say it, especially over the last five years, the American church has become less known for this and we become more known for being antagonistic, arguing, and demanding. And the result has been that many outside of the church have said, I ain't ever, this is how we would have said it in West Virginia when I was growing up, I ain't ever darkening the shadow or putting my shadow on the doorstep of a church. Those people, I should go be them? I mentioned uh, several weeks back that uh, there's a guy that I read often, Aaron Wren, and he talked about this three-world model that years ago, Christianity was generally viewed as a positive attribute. But then there came this point in 94 and 2014 that it became neutral. People weren't uh, certain of it. And then 24 to present, and this has become ever more so, people have become antagonistic. It's actually a casualty to be known as a believer and part of that has been we've lost our reasonableness and our gentleness and our joy. And why would a lost world want what they see going on in us? Moving on. Because of this, he says, let your reasonableness be known to all. And then he says, the Lord is at hand. He says, you know what? The presence of God changes things. And so much so that we should not, in verse 6, do not be anxious about anything. But in everything, by prayer and supplication and thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. Now, we've spent time on this verse recently. I'm going to ask Gavin, if can you come up here? I know. I, here, the pastor's kid gets picked on. So I've, I pre-warned him, so he knows this is coming. So let me see. One of the Kenters. Can I have someone? It's not embarrassing what I'm going to have you do. In fact, you get to be destructive in church. So... This is one of my old t-shirts, uh, Beth, so it's not one of my good ones. Um, so, uh, anxious. Do not be anxious about anything. I want, uh, there you go. Can you grab that corner of the shirt? Yeah, that's fine. Gavin, you grab that one. You grab, uh, just uh, grab that one, and I'm going to grab this. Okay. Are you ready for tug of war? I work out. You ready? Okay, pull. Come on, who's got this? Come on, come on, come on, come on, come on. Now, while we're doing this, I want you to see something. Three, two, one. Okay. You can like a good job. Man, you guys, you've been eating your Wheaties. Okay, you can sit down. Cool, thank you very much. Awesome. We were pulling in three different directions. Here's why I show this. The word anxious there in the Greek originally originated from somebody who has pulled in multiple directions. 
And that's really what anxiety is. We're worrying over multiple things and being pulled in all these directions, and we're not centered on what we need to be centered about. And according to this, it's prayer, supplication, thanksgiving as we pray. Let your requests be made known to God. This is part of joy. This is part of gentleness is that we are prayers, that prayer is of high importance to us. Supplication simply means earnest prayer requests, honest ones, praying to God candidly, really letting him know what it is that you want, being honest with him, and doing so with thanks that we acknowledge the blessing of God in our life. The uh, uh, commentary that I referred to uh, earlier has this as well. It said this, that the truly godly person longs for God's presence when one pours out his or her heart to God in joy, prayer, and thanksgiving, and lived in God's presence by doing the righteousness of God. Otherwise, piety is religion and not devotion. The truly godly person longs for God's what? Presence. Prayer ultimately is that it's going into the presence of God. Enjoy. Do you enjoy going into the presence of God? I hope. That's what draws us to prayer. It's not doing another thing that Christians are supposed to do. It's that we're going into the presence of our Creator and our Father and just being with Him, letting Him know our heart. I think sometimes the reason I've struggled with prayer in my life has been because it's been a checklist item. And then, though, when I make myself do it or get my mind there and I start doing it, especially when I pray out loud, it's like, man, why don't I do this more often? I'm in the presence of my my creator. And we are to find joy in his presence. Prayer is a call to being in his presence, not just listing your wanted list. It's being in his presence. And that removes anxiety because we're centered on who we need to be centered upon. Verse 7, and the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. The peace of God. One thing to note about this is oftentimes we see joy and peace together, and this is no coincidence. Joy, I find joy, it's a choice of my will because I understand God is in control of all things, and I choose to rest in that and be able to be satisfied that God is in control despite my situation. Peace comes from accepting that God is in control of every situation, that he is sovereign over all things. Joy and peace go hand in hand. You want peace? You probably, you want to pursue joy. You want joy? You pursue peace. I don't know too many people that are joyful that don't have peace, and I don't know too many peaceful, really peaceful people that don't have joy. You can't have one without the other. Hand in hand. And the peace of God which surpasses all understanding. Guess what? Psychologists can't figure it out. Scientists can't figure it out. On a human level, it makes no sense. It doesn't make any sense. These people are out of their minds. That they're joyful as they suffer. They're gentle. That is the joy that you are called to. That is the peace that you are given this past week, I saw a saying, and I had to track down it, and it ended up was by some self-help guru, so it's all about, hey, I'm good enough, I'm smart enough, I can do this, that kind of stuff. But there was a level of truth in this, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to clarify it. It's, he had this. He said, peace is not an absence of conflict outside of you. Peace is the absence of conflict in you. 
Now, this is a self-help guy, and of course, he's probably all about just find peace on your own way. We know we have peace. God promises it. We can get it. We have it because of what he has done. Joy is similar to this. Joy is not an absence of conflict and difficulty around us. It's our mindset as we're going through it. Do I rest in God's control and trust him? The peace of God which surpasses all understanding. Guard your hearts, the inner part of your being. And this isn't just for us individually as Christians that we're like, well, I want inner peace. This isn't just my own peace. This is peace here. If we have a joy-filled church, we have a peace-filled church. And that brings unity. Churches divide because they don't emphasize joy and trusting that God is in control of all things. And that brings us to our point this morning. My big point I want you to remember, Wednesday night prayer, get ready, because I'm going to ask you if you remember it, okay? A joyless Christian is a hostile Christian. You are hostile against God because you can't be joyful because things aren't going your way, and you become hostile towards God. But not only that, when I become hostile towards God, guess who else I become hostile to? You. Same thing. Most of the people I know that are hostile in a church have no joy. They have no peace, but they also have hostility towards God, allowing them to be in that situation. Several weeks ago, uh, Steve had the opportunity to, to, to preach over the uh, part about not complaining and bickering. And complaining is ultimately, I'm not happy with what God has me in. And it's a lack of accepting where he is putting you. And you become hostile towards him. A joyless Christian is a hostile Christian against other believers and against God. Yet a joy-filled Christian is a peace-filled Christian. Because I've learned to accept what God has, even if I don't like it and I don't understand it. Which I have two takeaways with this that I want you as well to remember this week. No joy, no peace. You can't have one without the other, as I said a moment ago. You see, the fruit of joylessness is complaining, anxiety, self-reliance, comparing yourself with others. That's the fruit of joylessness. Churches that bicker and fight have forgotten the joy of the Lord. And I would question where they're walking with him. Because they are not filled with the peace that he offers and the thing that unites us, the mission he gives us to make disciples. The second takeaway is when I become hostile to God's plan, I become hostile to others. I said this a second ago. Much church fights, many church splits, are often people who have not sought peace with one another. And when that's off, this is off. Just like when this is off, me and God, this is off. First John talks all about it. You can't love God and hate your brother or your sister. You can't. It's impossible. The two go hand in hand. When I become hostile to what God has me in and my situation and everything that I may have a right to complain about, I become hostile towards other people. We need to be healthy in both ways. Now, some may say, and you might be thinking, well, am I not allowed to be sad? Is there no place for sorrow in the Christian walk? No, there's a place for sorrow. Just read Psalms. I mean, David is like, God is so awesome. And then the next Psalm, I wish my enemies would die. I mean, he's all over. He's all over. But he always comes back to God. 
There's a place for sorrow. There's a place for brokenness. I've had those times. Many of you have. The problem is when I stay there and I don't turn my eyes back to the Father and say, I don't get this. This doesn't feel right. Yet, I'm going to trust you, God. I need you to pull me through this because I can't do it on my own. This week I challenge you, and this one's going to be a bigger challenge for some of you than others, display your joy in some way this week. Change your display rules. Choose to smile, laugh, sing expressively. Maybe some of you, like when we sing next week, you might get a little bit crazy and go like this. Okay, I don't, I don't want to go full Mufasa up here, okay? If, you, if you've seen The Lion King, you know what I mean. I, one, you know, whatever. You know, and this is just showing dependence on God. That's why people raise their hands. It's God, I just, I need you. I've seen guys do this at, go Eagles, go Phillies, go Flyers, go Sixers. You get to church, it's like there's a belt around them. You had joy for the touchdown, but you don't have joy for the fact that you've been saved for all eternity. Let's express and display joy. Not just singing, not prayer, serving. If you serve somewhere and you're like, man, I'm just tired of this, find joy in that. Display it. There's nothing better than a joyful greeter at the door, someone that you know actually is happy to see you and doesn't give like the dead fish handshake, you know, that. Joy. Rejoice in the Lord always. And again, I say rejoice. Let's do that this week. Let's pray. God, as we wrap up our service, we ask that you would help us this week. I know that I'm not being insensitive or tone deaf. There's difficulty. I have some in my own life, I know. And it just weighs my heart down. And discouragement can have us. And we can feel defeated. And Lord, even in those moments, even as Paul encouraged the Philippians in their time of persecution, that somehow you allow us the will and the knowledge and the acceptance that you are in control. And therefore, I will rejoice even if I don't feel it. Even if I'm struggling, I will rejoice in the Lord always. And Lord, help us. Those of us that maybe are scared of what others might think. Those of us that have come up with man-made rules that somehow expressing joy outwardly is, is evil or wrong, that we would have the joy that we saw David had when he danced and was not ashamed. And the joy that Paul talks about in this passage of Scripture, and he was not ashamed. That we would change our display rules and truly experience joy. We love you, and we ask this all in your name. Amen. Well, that's it for this week. Thank you for joining us. If you would like prayer, you can send your prayer request into prayer at gfchurch.net and we will pray for you. If you like this message, don't forget to subscribe on the podcast app, Google or Spotify. Give us a follow on Facebook and Instagram. We look forward to seeing you next week.